Welcome to Northgate's Men in Action. Today's recording is from the breakfast held on April 13, 2013. Rick Small, our guest speaker, shares how Uganda changed his life. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that, Dave. I, I think I know you as long as I know anybody, so that puts you right up there at the same um, age group. There, I said it. So um, I'm pretty psyched to be here. I've been to a couple of these, and I, I love the speakers you guys have, so this is really um, a privilege to be here. And I want to share a little bit about the couple trips I've taken to Uganda. Um, very blessed to be able to do that. But I have to admit, it is complicated, okay? Um, you know, you, you go there and you see things, and it, and it just it kind of tears at your heart, and you, it's hard to bring it back with you. So let's go to an, a better slide. Do we have a, a nicer slide? There, Lake Tahoe. <laughs> what could be better, right? Um, yeah, some of the things that, you know, you hear, you know, you see the, the um, advertisements on TV, or, you know, we might do a certain thing here, and... And you want to take it personally, but you're saying, hey, you know what, I, I pray, you know, I tithe, you know, and, and really, you know, to tell you the truth, um, it's pictures like this are, are horrible and everything, but they should do something about it, right? And I've decided when I retire, I'm going to be they. So when they, they say, you know, they say the weather's going to be, or they say the, the road's not, and then you look at me, and I'd be the one who said that, so... <clears throat> But like, um, but like most of you, um, Tom, I, I mean, Ken has a great relationship with Tom Agam, who is the founder of Hope for Kids. He's been coming here for, you know, 20-odd years. And I've sat there, and I've heard him, and, and it just, you know, it, it blows you away to, to, to hear the stories that he has, um, you know, talking about um, his, his uh, missions and, and how, he, how he got involved in it. If you, have been, if you haven't heard... Next time you see him or if you Facebook with him, ask him how he got involved, and it's a great story, you know. And you have to also share how they got, Ken and him got kicked out of Cuba. So <laughs> that's, the, that's so good. I would love to say that I got kicked out of Cuba. What? <laughs> how do you get kicked out of Cuba? Um, <clears throat> so, um, so finally, Kim and I broke down um, about seven or eight years ago after hearing, you know, about the orphans and you can adopt an orphan, and, and we had adopted our first orphan, who was Susan. And um, she's great. We, I met her um, when I went the first time in 2011. And, and, and I forgot that I hadn't sent pictures of us. So we're going to meet her. And, and I heard that she had, had like a seven-hour journey to come to Truvine, which is just outside of where we're staying at, at the Rock Hotel in Tororo. It was a seven-hour journey for, for her to get there. And, um, and so she's standing, she's standing in the doorway, and, she, and she's just this little girl, and she's looking around. And I recognized her as like I, my heart was already breaking. So when when I first met her, it was um, I came up to her and she um, and I and I go to you know say hello and she gets down on her knee and she she does that out of respect for an adult male like that and you know there was the start of it right there okay <laughs> and so so we kind of got to know each other a little bit and then and then as we go to leave, you know it was time our time apart. I bent down to hug her, and she was already down there, and she gave me a hug, and she, she hugged my neck. She goes, I love you, and it's like you're just going, oh, 
And it was just, it was crazy. So this past year, these pictures here, Kima came with me, and, and we're walking through Truvine, and, and Ken is giving a kind of a tour for those who hadn't been there before. It's a, it's a, it's a really premier um, boarding school for, for the orphans. And we moved her there because, because her parents had, had died, and she was living with her uncle, we think, and he was moving her a lot. She just, she wasn't getting the education. She wasn't, you know, she was just undernourished. So we paid to have her move to Truvine. So Ken's giving a tour, and we're walking, and, oh, this is cool, and this. And all of a sudden, you're, da, 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 and, and she just latches on to the back of me. And it's like, so, you know, Kima got to meet her, and it was like, oh, it just, it just kills you. I mean, it just kills you. If you, if you, if you have an orphan um, and you write them and stuff, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And then so um, a few years back, we are, or, um, um, got our second orphan, which is, is little Francis, and he's, um, he's eight years old. And, um, and then we added another one who is Patrick, who is 22 years old, and he's actually in trade school, and he wants to be a, um, a civil engineer and a pastor. And what's cool about with Pat- Patrick is we email, you know, because every once in a while he gets in the zone where there's actually... You know, service, you know, and so it's like once a month, and he's going, oh, you know, hi, my father in, in U.S., and it's just, it's really cool, and he shares, you know, what he's going through with his education and everything, so it's really cool, so um, so we had had them, and it was beautiful to go there, and Kima got to, this last time, got to meet them both, too, and just hang out, and it was, it was really neat, so, but how I got involved was in, in, in late 2010, Larry Davis here comes up and says, hey, Rick, we're going to Africa, I go, sweet, who's we? You know, I mean, going to Africa, you know, what am I going to do in Africa, you know? So, so next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting shots and taking medicine and, and all this stuff, and, and we're, we're going, to, going to Africa. So I want to give you a, a couple things if you, um, you know, when, when you send letters to, to your kids, it's a beautiful thing. Um, my son Garrett is here, and, and they have an orphan who's in Kenya, and so they, they, share, they share letters and stuff, and I, I know someday... They'll go, and I hope that the, um, he, you know, one of his, you know, or if not all of his daughters get to go to. They, they have three daughters right now, so it would be a cool thing. So, but when you go there, it's just a whole different thing. So, here's a couple, here's a couple um, facts about when you're when you're going on a mission trip. First of all, the first leg is a long trip. It's it's like between 12 and 15 hour flight, which is like a day. Okay, and that's a lot of sitting and standing, and you know, you're going, oh, I'm just going to do all these stretches, and it's like after about eight hours, you're going, oh, I'm just going to go to sleep, because you know, eight movies, and you're paying Tetris, and you're, you know, it's like you're just going crazy, and um, but it's, you know, you fly. We went into Amsterdam the first time, and last last year we went went, it went into Dubai, um, Saudi, and so that was an interesting place where it was um, it was the summertime, it was August where their average high is about 118 to 120, and their average low, as we were getting on the plane at 430, was about 101. That's their low. And you say to the person, well, what do you, what do, you do this time of year? Oh, you stay indoors for about four or five months. <laughs> what? You know, so, you know, and you really, you hear people, oh, California, man, it's kind of funky. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. So, um, so, you know, we're doing that. And here's the thing also. Once we get in there and you take the, um, the eight or nine hour flight from there to Entebbe and you get to, you fly into Entebbe and, and the average temperature, depending on what kind of type of year, is, is usually pretty much consistent, okay? So um, this is the shot here. You know, rain day, but look at the temperature, 81, 81. How about Saturday, 81? How about Monday, 81? 
You know, you might have a thunder shower, you might have a little rain and stuff, but it's 81. I'm thinking, it's 81 when the sun's out, it's 81 when it's raining. They just, you know, I can just see the guy there, it's 81. You know, it's just 81. You know, we don't know what the weather is. So, <laughs> but it's, but it is. And, and um, one thing you notice about when you get there, um, you get into Entebbe, and then you um, load up the bus, and it's about a five-hour-plus bus ride to Tororo, and you're, you're heading east. And um, the buses are a little funky. It's um, <laughs> the Bobby, the bus driver, or, or whoever is, are, are great drivers. But it's, it's, it's quite the ride. And one thing you notice on your ride is the people are just, are, they're beautiful people. Um, yeah, they're right there. We stopped for our, our short call, um, that's, which is easy for the guys, but not for the women. That's when you just kind of head into a, cor- a, a cane field and do your business. And, you know, it's like the guys, you know, <laughs> and the girls are like, don't laugh, you know, and they're... Wearing dresses and it's, but we stopped there and here's this little kid at a bus stop and he's just waving and the mom is laughing and 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 they're they're just beautiful people. It's 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 kind of weird because you know you don't really see that if you go downtown you you go down, hey you're going here and they're on the bus stop going what yeah so it's but they're beautiful and so more on on them later. So as you're driving you're driving and it's the countryside is is lush okay especially if you're there in a the rainy type of year. This was up in one of the villages but it's it's um. You know, banana leaves, banana trees and stuff. It's just a lush. And about every 15 or, or so miles, you come into these towns that are just totally ghettoed out. And, and it's, we don't understand poverty here, okay? I mean, there are, you know, low income and, and you know, God bless them. Let's help them. But the poverty there is, is amazing. And I think, you know, we were talking about um, this just a couple weeks ago as we were... Um, Ken and I and a bunch of us were together. Said, could when it asked, could is it possible for, you know, some of these countries in in Africa to be, you know, modernized type of thing? And I thought, well, this is this is kind of the results of of what happened initially is when the English tried to colonize them. They they took them about twenty five percent up, and then just said, you know, good luck. Um, I mean, the 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 country is pretty much ripe for agriculture or um, natural resources. But to tell them, you know, that you need to have your own business and stuff like this, what I noticed is, is anytime you came into one of these, these towns, everybody had a business, whether it's, you know, five or six vegetables next to you or they were selling bed frames. And I know that sounds weird, but every town was selling bed frames or doors. And I'm thinking, everybody's selling things, but who's making the money to buy this stuff? Because the average income is $2 a day. You know, and, and do the math. That's just not a lot of money. You know, in in the doubloons or whatever their their trade is there. I guess it is, but it's it's just it's it's a tough tough thing to see. So, um, you know, it's it's just it's just hard to think of colonizing a, a country like that because it's it's just so many natural resources. The agriculture is is just a, a way to go on that. Um, another thing that you notice as you're as you're as you're riding in the bus or whatever you're doing is the smell. They, they burn everything there. They burn wood. They burn coal for, for cooking stuff. And they burn their garbage because they don't have, you know, the allied or whatever it is. So, so you see these, these three-corner little structures and all the garbage is lined up here. And I don't know, a couple of times a week, they just light it up. And so the garbage burns. Everything burns. So it's, you know, after a while, you're kind of going, boy, this is, this is strong. And when you combine that with you're kind of at altitude, I think you've gone to um, where we were at was right around 3,000 feet, and then you add if you're in the dry season, it's dust. So if it, if you're a 
person who has allergies, it plays havoc on you. You know, it does. So, so it's just, I know, this kind of getting used to a whole different culture type of thing. So it was, um, it was amazing. So as we're writing, you know, Tom, you know, has been doing this for, for many years. And I just said, Tom, you know, how do you, how do you not, how does this not just take and grip your heart and just break your heart? And he says, well, it does. But, but you can't, you can't buy this country out of poverty. You can't do it. So he says, what we do is we bring water, clean water. We, um, we bring education, especially for the young folks, especially to the women, because an educated, educated woman is one who can be successful. And we bring the love of Jesus Christ. Okay? He doesn't say we bring Christianity. He says we bring the, the person of Christ in, in the way we act. And, and as we enter villages and stuff, we could see this. I would, we, I, we would come into a, a village, and, and, and what was interesting, like these were, this is Toro or Hero, this is, <laughs> this is one of the, can't see who it is, one of the um, beauty salons, so you can imagine going in there, you know, it'd take a little off of here and there, it's like, <laughs> but um, so this is, this is really what the, the, the towns look like, but when you go out in the back in the villages, you know, they're, they're, they're modest sh- um, shacks, or they're the, the mud, you know, thatch um, huts and stuff, and there's just so much joy. We would get off the, the bus, and, and most of the villagers are run by a pastor. And so we'd come up, and the, and, um, the pastor would come up, and, and they're just, you know, welcome, welcome, you know. And, and they would come up, and they say, so how are things in America? And I would say, you know, pastor, we have absolutely anything you could want physically under the sun, technologically, that there is. But there's not a lot of joy in our country. But I come here to Uganda, and, and you guys, I mean, I hate to say it, don't have much of anything, but you're overflowing with joy. And they would say, yeah, yeah, that's the way it should be. And I'm thinking, where did we go wrong? You know, and, and, I, and I don't mean to be facetious, but my gosh, they, they, they basically have zero, nothing, and just, just the joy that, that comes from when you come into their village. It's just amazing. So um, <clears throat> when we would come in there, um, all the kids really want to do, the kids just come up to you all the time, and they just want to touch you. They want to hold your hand. They want to, um, you know, be held. You know, I mean, it's just you're just walking around holding them, holding their hand. Um, shot here of of Larry with with one um, couple of the kids here. Um, they just they just want to hug you. They're not looking to say, do you have money? You know, do you have stuff? They just they just want to be loved because you represent you represent hope to them. Okay, they know why you're there. You, they, you're either dedicating a well or you're, you're bringing mosquito nets, so you're representing hope. And this, this picture here, I mean, you know, Kim is a, a my wife is a teacher, and um, to have, she was just constantly surrounded. And I, I can't even look at that picture because just, it just chokes me up. It just gets me. That's just who she is. You know, her heart is just gigantic and it's just open. And so she always had these little kids. And if you notice, like, you know, this, her hand, this, this little girl's hand is in her hand. It's, that's, that's just how they are. They're just... They're just loving, and, and one day we, had, um, we went to Bukaya, which is the, um, the village that Northgate has sponsored and, and, and built up, and, and um, Ken has a great rapport with the pastor there. <laughs> Got a cell number. So <laughs> but we were handing out, and that's where Johnny proposed to um, Ashley, too. But we were handing out stickers, and, and they, you know, they'd have stickers here, and you would think you gave them a dang bike. You know, They'd come up and go, look, I got a sticker. It's like they're going, wow, you know, and it's, it was just, you know, it just, it just breaks your heart, 
But, um, you know, um, and another thing they have, uh, and you might have heard, you know, I think Ken has brought her up before, and if you're on Facebook, friend of Ken, of Ken or Tom, you've seen, <laughs> usually about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Pastor Ruth comes and starts posting all these positive God things, you know. Well, here's Pastor Ruth, this, you know, this big black lady, and she, she runs this, um, this place called Smile Africa. And it's, it's, it's amazing because what she does, she caters to these, these street kids called the Karamachong who come here every day. There's like somewhere between 200 and 300 kids that come here every day. They get two meals, and I use that, <laughs> that term very loosely, but it's, it's very high in carbs and, and protein, you know. And, and they get, you know, education classes. They get clean water. And then at, at night, they go back and live on the streets. You know, she just doesn't have the facilities to house 300 kids. But um, when I was there in, in 2011, I took the pit, a picture of this one, one boy. It's this kid here in the, in the blue. And, um, and he was just completely naked. But, you know, smiling. And he'd come up and you're hugging. And he's going, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, it's like, but, you know, and, and, and Ken had met, met, mentioned this before. I mean, they are, they are dirty. I mean, they, they're dirty. Everything's running out of everything. And, and you're kind of going, okay, here we go. But, you know, after an hour or a day, you're just, you're hugging them and stuff. So when I went back last year, he had a shirt and he had shoes. Still no pants, but, but that's it. So we, the whole time, I, you know, we went there a couple times, and that, that was his shirt. That was his wardrobe. You know, it's not like in the morning, nope, 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 it's, that's it. So, but, you know, they're just, and they're beautiful. At, at, at mealtime, they line up in, in age. They just line up in age, and then they just break into song. And it's, it's like, what? And they don't, you know, they don't push and shove. You're handing out these, um, these meals called porcha, which is like beans and rice and some other thing on top of it, too. But it's, but it's nutritious, and, and, and they're, they're never reaching. They just wait until it's their turn and they get it. And then, if, you know, if, if you hand them, you know, they'll hand it to the friend and get theirs. And, and it's just, it's a great, great place. She does, she does great work there. And um, she also does, um, you know, a sponsor woman is there and, and it takes these women off the streets that um, have been abandoned by their husbands and, and um, teaches them a trade and stuff. And we saw the women graduate two years ago. And at their graduation, they were given their stories. And one of the women says... I was taken in by Pastor Ruth, and I couldn't believe it. I'm a Muslim woman. And I, and I told her, I go, you know, I know this is Christian, but I'm a Muslim. She goes, I don't care. God loves you all. And comes in. And, and so I, I now believe that, you know, Jesus Christ is my Savior. It's like, who does that, you know? And it was just, it's just so beautiful to see that. So that's the work that she does. So if, um, you know, if you see that on Facebook, that's who she is. She's just a positive, positive woman, you know? It's just, it's really cool to see. Um, so when we're when we're we're there, the schedule's pretty pretty heavy. You know, we got stuff to do and and, and such. And, and and you have a family time in the morning. And and then um, Tom will explain what's going on. Hey, and he'll say <laughs> on this particular day, Hey, who wants to go to the hospital and pray? And be a being such a prayer as I am, I go, I'm in. Go to the hospital and pray. You know, you you're thinking Kaiser, you're thinking Sutter. You know, maybe take it down a step or something like this. So we we get on the bus. <clears throat> 10-minute um, bus ride into Tororo to the, um, the hospital. And, and when we get to a, a modest building, and he takes us in, and he says, well, you're going to have an interpreter, and we'll go around to the beds and, and pray for the men. I go, okay. So, but, but when I, I, I walked into this building, I wasn't prepared for what I was going to see. 
it's, it's this long building like this. Um, those are mosquito nets because everything's open. Um, the bed frame is basically that. It's a steel frame with some springs, maybe a mattress this thick. Some have a sheet on it, some don't. Um, probably not a pillow. And, and this, when I was there, this was an improvement, okay? When I was there, they added this to it. No matter what your illness or your, your um, injury, you got 800 milligrams of Tylenol once a day. Whether it's a broken leg, staph infection, malaria, yellow fever, whatever it is, that was an improvement, 800 milligrams. And you now got a meal a day, one meal a day. It used to be you just went there basically to die, okay? So as I stood here and I was looking down this corridor, and I, I mean, you know, we all pray, right? And we, we ask God and to speak to us. I didn't even have to ask God to speak to me. I heard God say to my heart, he said, Rick, don't take one step in that room unless you feel your prayer will make a difference in these men's lives. Because if not, you turn around and walk out. It was like, are you kidding me? And, and you know, the first guy I go to, his, I mean, his eyes were just huge. And he was just shaking like a leaf. And it's, you know, well, of course, it's 80 degrees out. But it's, you know, and he's, you know, he just got some kind of something ravaging his body. So you just, you just go and you, you just put your hand on these men and you're just praying for them. And, and can you imagine if we took our daily prayer that seriously? That if I'm not going to bother praying for my brother or my family or whoever it is, unless I'm sure it's going to make a difference. It's not just going to be, did it, did it, did it, done. But to go through there and walk up and down these aisleways here and, and pray for these men and the interpreters telling me, you know, their disease or their illness. You know, he, this one guy had a motorcycle. They, you see these boda bodas. Did I say it right, boda bodas? These, and there's these little 125, maybe as much as a 200 um, cc motorcycle, and you'll see two, three, four people on them, and the driver's sitting on the on the gas tank on it. But it's it's, it's so dangerous. I mean, you're, they're constantly having accidents. So this one guy was in there with a broken leg, and I think it was compounded because, because this, the wrapping was just red. And it had been like that for days and days and days. And, you know, you're just thinking, do I have, do I have the guts to pray for healing for this guy? You know, do I, have the, do I believe the Holy Spirit will heal this man, you know? So you're praying, and, and, it, and on that day, three men came to Christ just right then. And if I had to speculate, probably two of them didn't see the next day. It just, it's the way it was, you know. So, so it, was, um, it was easily the most powerful and the most disturbing day of my entire many, many days of my life. So, so it, was, um, it was an amazing time. That was, that was a tough one. And we, we went back this past year and did the same thing. And, and luckily, emotionally, I was prepared, but it was the same thing. You know, you see the same, you know, kind of devastation there, too. So that was an amazing time. So what about all this talk about water? <laughs> Is that, Rick, talk about water. Yeah, I forgot. We got to talk about water. So um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's true. You know, seeing the next pi pictures um, in person, you know, when, when, and we see, you know, there's pictures out there. And, and I think Tom has showed pictures before, and we, we might have shown them. But when you're there in person and you see these pictures like this, this one here is, is a water hole. This is where um, um, people were coming and dipping their jerry cans in and, and carrying water back. Now, the thing about this, this village here is there was a madman that lived in the bush. And he would come down 
you know, drank the water. He would then bathe in the water, and then he would take a leak in the water. And then, you know, the next family would come down and fill it up, and, and that would be that, you know. And so, you know, to see, to see, hear that, and you're going, I, I just don't get it. You know, it's, it's, it's befuddling that, you know, we're, we're turn on the tap. Nah, it's not cold enough yet. Let's give it a little bit longer. Or, or I can't take a cold shower. Are you kidding? Or, or shave without, you know, warm water. And, and this is what, what they're, they're doing, you know, every day. Um, <clears throat> back in when Idi Amin was the dictator of, of, Utah, of Utah, of Uganda, he, um, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> you never know. Um, he had his soldiers round up all the handicapped people in that country and then kill them and then throw them in the water sources where they, they rotted. And this was, you know, I, I don't know my history, I apologize, but I mean, you know, so many, you know, um, years ago, but I mean, really? First of all, you're going to be so prejudiced against handicapped people, but then you kill them and, and that's their water source, you know. So um, at, at this, this one water hole here, we went, um, this was um, two years ago, and, and we were the first Muzungu, the first white people that this village had ever seen. So, so it was, you know, they were kind of a little bit standoffish when we came, but we walked a couple of kilometers, and this was their water hole. We were dedicating a well, which was cool, but this was their, this was their original water hole. And they would go down, shimmy down these logs, and certain time of year, of course, there was more water in it, but they would shimmy down these logs and fill them up. Well, about a month or so before we arrived there, these two little kids were down there, and they were trying to get water, and they fell in, and they drowned. And you're thinking, well, why didn't they just, you know, get out? Well, they don't have the Southampton pool or the Y to have swim lessons. They don't, they don't know how to swim. And they fell in there, and they drowned. So they, you know, they found them, took them out, and proceeded to keep at their water hole. You know. So when you, you see stuff like that, and it's just like, you know, it's... You just almost have to see it in person. You know, it, it just blows you away. So um, what happens is this, is when you come into a village and you're dedicating a, a well, um, a lot of times we're, we're greeted with this, this kind of greeting here, uh, if we have this video here. Whoops, okay, this is, this is uh, more of the women here. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll go through this. This, um, you know, they can see all the jerry cans there. They lie up. Sometimes it'll take, they walk, you know, three, four, five miles. And when they get there, they're, they're dipping their can in there. And then they're waiting an hour or two. They have, I mean, it's not just, you know, there are lines of people to get in there. And sometimes one of them was, was um, um, one of the water holes had a, had a boa constrictor that was kind of guarding it. It was their water hole. So, you know, you're kind of going, you're looking around and you're dipping your thing and you're just going, golly, are you kidding me? Um, so, you know, here's a lady who's, you know, her jerry can for for um, her water after she um, washes her clothes, you know? So it's the same thing. It's the same thing, you know, washer she know. And, um, you know, kids of all age. You know, he's got a smaller one, but he's, he's waiting in line. On, and that little bloated tummy isn't from having too much food. It's from not having enough food. So, um, you know, that's, that's basically what we see on that. So do we have that video? <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> 
so if you, if you, if you saw that, you saw that some leaves being waved in the background as you're first coming in as we're driving in on the bus. And I said, so Tom, what, what's, what's with the, way, the le leaves and the branches being waved? He goes, well, they know the story of Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem where they laid the palm branches down. He goes, now they don't see us as deity. They're not comparing us, but we are hope for them. So they're saying, we're coming in the name of Jesus. So they're waving these, these branches in symbol of, of, of how they let, you know, how Jesus came in as, as their God. We weren't their God, but we were, we were hope. We, we brought clean water into them. So, so that, you know, again, it's like that, my first trip. I, I was looking at my, my um, journal. I don't journal, you know, but I was looking at it, and it's like, you know, half the time the, the ink is like splotched because I know I'm crying on it. You know, I was like, and like, you know, Larry was there too. And, and, and we'd be sitting there talking and he would be going, are you crying? I go, yeah, I'm crying. What do you think I'm doing? I'm writing about the day, you know? So, um, so we, we were, you know, really blessed to, to um, actually be able to um, build four wells from the Benicia Water Project last year. So this is the one that, that Kim and I built. And this is in Bukamwa. And so, um, you know, we're there to dedicate it and stuff, and that's my RB right there, and there's my lady, and, and it, was just, it was just really cool to, to see this and, and know that, um, that halfway around the world, we made a difference to like a thousand people, you know, and each village was that way, you know, whether it was a school that we, we built a, a wall or a well at or whatever, and so, and so they had me come up and talk, and it was just... Uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, I, I've, I've done Young Life forever, I speak in front of kids and, and, and this sort of thing, but to, but to talk to villagers that you have an interpreter and you know that you made a difference in their life, in the name of God, okay, obviously, I mean, without anything I could do, that's for darn sure, but to know you made a difference in their lives halfway around the world, that they will now have clean water. They're not going to be, you know, dipping their jerry cans into that crap that I showed you before. It's, it's an amazing amazing feeling and it, it humbles you and it also just it blesses you i mean believe me when um when we were just thinking you know when kim and i went it, it cost a couple bucks to go there and we're thinking you know and ken brought this up before about yeah you can write a check and there's nothing wrong with that you know there's nothing wrong with with you know helping out what you can but i really did picture when we went into these villages you know you're standing on the bus and and here's the villagers out there with the children and stuff and I just pictured Jesus talking to the elders, having a conversation with the adults, playing with the kids, and then seeing the bus pull up and saying, I'm glad you're here. Come on in. We have some work to do. You know, it's, it's the hands and feet, and it, it makes a difference. And, and so I know people say, well, that's cool, but do we need to go halfway around the world? Heck no. But, but what are you doing here? What are you doing in the Vallejo or Benicia? You know, and that's the only thing I'm saying, you know, and a lot of, a lot of us do. And I'm not saying it, but, but to that I just say, if you're doing it, you're doing it. But believe me, um, you know, you, you look at different, different organizations that are involved in, in, um, in, in, in mission work, and, and there are a lot of good ones out there. But um, to see it firsthand, you know that this is totally legit. Hope for Kids is a totally legit, you know, a corporation. The Walk for Water that they've established is. So anytime that we're, we're doing that, we see the, the wells that are being built. Probably Hope for Kids is one uh, on the higher side um, money-wise money to build a well. But here's the difference. There are quite a few organizations that build, um, and they could be less expensive, but maybe they, they drill one hole. They go down 100 and 150 feet, and if there's no water, they're going, sorry, 
next. Whereas Hope for Kids drills up to three, and for our, our, drill, our hole in Bukamwa, they drilled four times, and they went down 300 feet. Um, Angie, um, who is this, this blonde girl who's an amazing girl, you look at her and you're going, is she that powerful? Oh, she's that powerful. She's an amazing woman. She has a, a guy named Hillary who, who hangs out right there to drill sites, sleeps there to make sure that they're drilling 300 feet, they're drilling three times, they're getting it done. It's not just, hey, give us a report, we want to know the report, and you know, who knows what's going on, because it's, you know, it's, it's not real organized, but they're, they're, they're on top of it. They, they know that they're going to drill water. I don't, I don't know the stats, but I don't know if they've ever come up short and said, gee, I'm sorry, we didn't find it. I doubt it. They're going to find it at one village or another. So to see that happen, to know that your money is going in a good direction is, is absolutely amazing. Um, a, a couple facts about, about um, Uganda water is, is this. is um, 1.8 million children die every year as a result of diseases caused by unclean water and poor sanitation. That amounts to 5,000 deaths a day. I, um, Tom talked about a book and it's called Hole in the Gospel. It's by the um, um, a president of World Vision. And um, where, where are we time-wise here right now? Is that a few minutes? What, what, he, what he did was um, he, he was the CEO of, of um, um, Lenox Fine China. Well, he was headhunted to be a president of, of World Vision. And, of course, he's going, no way. You know, he's making millions. He's got five kids. They live in this beautiful place in Michigan. Well, he ends up, ends up becoming the um, um, president of World Vision, and he writes this book, and, and it's called The Hole in the Gospel, which means if you were to cut out every part of the Bible that talks about taking care of the needy, there wouldn't be much left. He talks about taking care of the widows, the children, and so that's what he's talking about, and he's saying if you had that many people dying each day in America or in Europe, guess what? They'd do something about it. But when it's a third world country, it's like, oh, it's not too bad, you know. And that's it. It kind of saddens you when you hear stuff like that, you know. Um, also, the fact is this: is that you know we we this is our second year of doing our walk for water, and um, and I'm looking in the room here today. Maybe there's 20 people. A well costs about ten thousand five hundred. But you do the math. If if everybody in this room had had friends, and Everybody in this room could raise $500 each. Guess what? Just this room right here builds a well. If we have five friends and they could kick down $100, we build a well. I mean, that's, when you look at it, oh, $10,000, how are we going to do this? But if you, if, you, if you do the math that way, then all of a sudden you're going, I think, I think maybe we can, we can do this. And, and I know for myself, you know, when I, I told Kima last year, you know, we built a well, she'd go, wait, well, wait, we're building a well? Well, and I say this very humbly, too, is like I, did, I found out about 10 or 15 years ago that I no longer go to work to support my family. I no longer go to work to put food on the table. I can't. I can't because God gave me this business to honor him. So when I go to work, I go to work to bring honor to God. I change my mission statement. It starts like this. First and utmost, we will, we will honor Jesus Christ in the way we service our clients. It's on the back of my business card. And people, some people say, mm, that's too bad. And some people say, wow, I can't believe you put it out there. But why not? We're, we're, we're men. We, you know, we're, we are, oh, man, we need to go out and make money. But how about if we did this in a way that we thought, I'm, I'm not just going to, God will take care of us. You know, if he takes care of the birds in the, in the sky, isn't he going to take care of me? So I'm going to dedicate the money I make to him. And, and he is, 
he has honored that. And I told Kima to get this. But I think that this year we might try to do that again, is build another well. Because it's, it's an important thing to do, is in um, the Sermon on Mount Matthew 6, 1 and 3, says it twice. Not if, but when you care for the needy. When. Which means you're going to do it. And when you do it, make sure your right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Don't stand on a corner and, and shout about it. I can tell you guys. He says it again in verse 3, when you care for the needy. It's not an option. <laughs> it's not an option. In fact, if you want to be challenged, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You will be challenged. And when you read these, it's like, oh, my gosh. So when I, I took that and I, I add that to Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, put your whole heart and soul into it, as in the work done for the Lord, not just for men, knowing that your real reward, a heavenly one, will come for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thinking, wow, can I trust that? Can I trust that verse? Yeah, I can. And he has been, he's been, he's honored that, and he's allowed my, my business to do well and to take care of, of situations like this. So, so the challenge is this, is this. And I hope some, some um, women's breakfasts are doing the same thing because I'm, I'm throwing it down for the women. You've got to keep up with the men now. I mean, you, you've seen this out here for the last couple Sundays, and, and um, Art and Dave are out there, you know, taking, we can, we can sign up online, we can sign up right here. Um, you know, you can get people to sponsor you to walk, or you can just kick down, you know, 100 bucks, whatever yourself, get a couple other to do it. But like, again, I say, I look at this, I'm going, gosh, that's, that's not that bad. When you take that down, divide it by 20, we can do that. We can do that. So, uh, you know, I, I hope that this is coming up in what, what, two weeks from today, right? Yeah. So it's, it's right around the corner. You know, we've been sending letters out and everything and, and getting some good response. But what a cool thing to, to be able to say to, you know, Tom and Angie and them saying, hey, we're building not four or five, but six wells this year. And guess what? Our Saturday morning guy is doing one of them herself. You know what I'm saying? So, so let's, let's, let's think about that. And when you pray about it, think about that, you know. Think about when you pray about, about it. I want this to make a difference when I pray. I, I, want, I want to take that Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I, I'm trusting you. When I pray for this, I, I'm praying in your name that it's going to happen. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I learned a lot when I walked into that hospital room and, and I I heard Christ talk to my, my heart. <laughs> I'll tell you, it breaks it, you know. So the challenge is out there, guys. I hope we can do that, you know. Um, two weeks, psh, give me two days. We'll still do it in two days, okay? <laughs> but we got a whole two weeks for that. So, so, you know, pray about it. Let's talk it up. Um, if you haven't signed up already, you know, do it. And if you're saying, boy, I have a hard time, you know, asking people, have your wife do it then, okay? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I do too. I have a hard time asking, but, but we can get it done, okay? And I think it'd be a beautiful thing. You know, um, this is a church that, that knows that a building is a building that you and I, we're the church, okay? If we're the hands and feet of Christ and the community sees it, that we're out there being the hands and feet, that, that's what it's all about. That's what we're called to do. So, so with that, I'm going to um, pray for the day, pray for the weekend, and, and, and we'll go from there, okay? Lord, how great thou art. I can't believe it, Lord, that when the more we ask to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, the more you allow us to see and the more you allow us to hear, Lord. Your, your scripture comes alive. Your words come alive. Lord, as, as brothers with each other and brothers in you, Lord, I, I just pray right now that we'll, we'll feel that, Lord. We'll feel that dedication that, yeah, they're halfway around the world, but guess what? Their, their hearts beat. Um, the blood flows through their body. They have feelings. They're, they care that where their next drink of water comes from, Lord. And, 
if we can just supply clean water, what a, what a beautiful thing that is, Father. Thank you for loving everybody in this room, Lord, individually, their hearts. You know their hearts inside and out. And thank you for being there for us. We just dumb. Thank you for this church that it is a, an outward church. Lord, it's not inward. It is outward, Father. And, and you were that way, too. And we just pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, guys. And I will trust you. Trust you. Please join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 o'clock or visit our website at www.northgateweb.com. Thank you for listening. And I will trust you.